Hey there everyone and welcome to the trailer for my upcoming uh, video series, uh, The Creepy Cafe Studio. It will be commencing in 2024, the upcoming year, and I will be um, watching and reviewing um, uh, horror movies and any recommendations that anybody has is more than welcome. Uh, I wanted to do this for quite some time, just haven't really got down to it. I've started a YouTube channel. And this is going to be next year is going to be my a fresh start for me. So thanks everybody for their patience and their support. And uh, looking forward to hearing from everyone. Hello, this is Hannah. And this is Matt Hannah. And this is Horror Hour with the Hannahs. Where we discuss all your favorite scary movies. This is a new podcast where we will talk about our experiences watching some of our favorite, least favorite, and some brand new horror movies. We'll cover crowd favorites like The Conjuring polarizing films like The Witch, and even some movies that we love to hate on. We'll even bring on some of our friends to complete this journey with us, including our resident scaredy cat sidekick and our professional actor pal. Tune in on Wednesdays, where we will release episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube on a weekly basis. Happy hauntings! Trump, the Shark Movie Podcast. As always, I am your host, Steve Coates, and this week we are actually the Piranha Movie Podcast because we are starting off Piranha December with 1995's remake of 1978's Piranha. That's a lot of different years and a whole lot of Piranha. So I decided to do this movie first because, well, it's fucking ridiculous. Of course I'm not going to just do the original Piranha. Who the fuck do you think I am? There's always hope that I'll talk about it in the future, but for now, we're talking about this one, 1995, directed by Scott P. Levi, or Levy. Let's go with Levy. And also, one of the main reasons I chose this movie is that it's starring William Catt from House, from 1985. House is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. It's the very first horror movie that I ever watched. I had it on VHS when I was, like, two years old, and I would pop it in all the fucking time. So, of course, I'm going to watch this one. I love William Catt. I love the movie House. So I really wanted to check this one out. Let's start off with the plot synopsis. Dr. Bain has been conducting genetic experiments on piranhas and has made them virtually unstoppable. Unfortunately, his assistants, Maggie and Paul, accidentally release the hybrids into the Lost River Lake, threatening to destroy everyone in their path. Can they prevent the flesh-eating piranhas from escaping into the ocean and spotting? Oh, I sure hope so. So, this has an average rating of 2.2 stars on Letterboxd. Holy shit. I, I have bad taste, though, so it should be fine, right? Poster expectations for this one. The poster is really simple. It's fine. I'm not a big fan of it. It's just pretty uninspired and just generic. So, it just seems kind of lazy. It's just a close-up of a piranha. That's it. I much prefer the original poster. That's just a Jaws knockoff, but it's just, I don't know, it's better. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. 
you'll see you'll see the original poster on my Instagram, but yeah, it, it's just it's fine, but there's just it's missing something. So I don't really know what to expect from this movie based on the poster, other than I know it's a remake of Piranha from 1978. So I guess there's not much else to do, but let's dive in. So right off the bat, during the opening credits, I learned Mila Kunis is also in this movie. And then I also learned later doing some uh, trivia digging, and this was like her first on-screen debut. So good for her. We see the gates of a closed-off military test site as two teens go through a hole in the fence. The boy protests, but the girl says she's dreamed of being swept off her feet by Indiana Jones, but she ended up with Woody Allen. And she's not wrong. He is a Woody Allen-looking motherfucker if I've ever seen one myself. They search around, and the woman says she found a swimming pool. The dude decides uh, they shouldn't go in there because they don't know what it is, and she plays a prank on him, pretending something is grabbing her arm, and then she throws him in, and then she takes her top off. And, like, not two minutes ago, she said she wasn't 18 yet, because when she turns 18, her uncle loses all rights over her or something. Uh, I, but I feel like their backstory isn't going to matter much here. Just a little weird that they're like, hey, look, I'm under 18. Here's my boobs. So yeah, she takes her pants off, takes her top off, and she has massive fake breasts. Like, 18 my ass. Or not under 18 my ass. No, no way. Either way, gross. She jumps into the water with the boy and they chase each other around. The dude starts feeling something yank on his feet and then something biting him. The girl yells at him to get out of the pool, and she swims to the side, but she's pulled under, and then there's silence. So right off the bat, this movie is starting off exactly like the original, except in the original, I think the uh, the girl was more apprehensive about going into the facility rather than the dude, but I mean, other than that, it's pretty much exactly the same. Although in the original, when they break into this military facility, it's like a big swimming pool, but it's more like a giant tank. And it, it seems, you know, very official looking. In this remake, it's just an above ground fucking circular swimming pool. That is it. So I would say they didn't spend a whole lot of money on uh, set design. We pan over and see a light turn on in one of the buildings, so it's not abandoned. And then we cut to the woman's uncle, and he's seen some lawyer or something named Earl, and he's hired this woman named McNamara to go find his niece. And again, this is very similar to how the original one went. Uh, it, it is a little bit different, though. And then I feel like the first half of this movie is very much the same. And then the last half, they kind of veer off a little bit, but we still pretty much end up in the same spot. But I don't know. You'll see when we go through it. And then we're with William Cat as he catches some fish near a cabin, picturesque as fuck, he then sits on a porch talking to an old man, and he asks him how the real world is, and of course the old man is cynical, saying like, oh, everyone's mad that the environment did bad and no one's happy. And like, yeah, thanks to your generation, you old fuck. Jesus. The old man then asks William Cat, whose name is Paul, how his one-word-a-day great American novel is going. So he's playing a writer in this as well. He was a writer in-house. Coincidence? Probably. Yeah, no, but it's just a coincidence, but yay! It's very late, I'm very high, I'm tired. This episode is just going to be a fucking mess, just so you know. The old man and his dog leave, so I guess he was dropping off supplies to him or something. And then later, uh, Magni McNamara introduces herself, and she's a PI hired by the lawyer to find this man's niece. So she's asking Paul if he's seen them, because she was supposed to be with some boy or whatever. 
She questions him some more, and she gets annoyed that he's cooking his fish and going about his day, and he says, listen, I haven't seen them or anybody else, that's why I live here. And he's not wrong. Like, he goes up there to live by himself and not be bothered, and then he's like, yeah, no, I haven't seen these people. Don't know who you're looking for. And then she's mad, like, why aren't you paying 100% attention to me? If you haven't seen these people before, it's not that fucking hard to talk to you and cook a fucking fish at the same time, lady, all right? Don't get your pantyhose all bunched up. And then he goes on to tell her that there's an old army testing site, like, up the mountain or something. And then she starts insisting that he take her, and he says no, but then they hilariously cut, and he has taken her. Oh, what fun. They break in and start looking around the barracks. They head outside, and they spot the pool and the, a small building beside it from earlier. And so they head down. She asks what they were testing there, but Paul doesn't know. Why the fuck would he? He doesn't work there. He just knows this place was here. You just forced this man to take you there for no good reason. There is absolutely no reason for him to be here other than he just happened to know where this place was. Like if she had run into anybody else, would she just like grab them and be like, well, you're with me now. They reach the pool and Maggie finds the niece's necklace beside the pool. Paul sticks his hand in the pool for a second and we get a POV of the piranha, but he pulls his hand out just in time. Oh, phew, that was a close one. They go inside the small building and it looks like a mad scientist lab with fish tanks and fish specimens. This was way less cool than the original because I remember in the original one, they had like some weird, uh, clearly like a hand puppet in one of the tanks. So they were doing weird experiments in there. They didn't really have any of that in this. It was just very plain and kind of boring. Maggie finds one of the kids' shirts reaffirming that they have been there, and she says that they need to drain the pool. They find a switch that says, drain pool, and they drain it. Like, it's clear someone is living there, and you decide to just drain the pool without knowing what's in there? That's pretty fucking irresponsible, Maggie. And as soon as she pulls it, like the drain thing, the alarms go off, and some woman walks in and asks what they're doing, and then she hits the switch with like a hook or an axe or something, and then just starts swinging at Maggie and Paul. So already, the plot description is off. Because if you remember what I read at the beginning, the synopsis I read said that these two were her assistants. I have no idea where they got that from, but it's not this fucking movie. Like, so far, this movie is playing off almost exactly as the original is. Slight differences, but still. Paul manages to hold the woman still, and Maggie drops a fish tank on her, knocking her the fuck out. Paul says he thought P.I.'s knew, like, Kung Fu, which, okay, maybe not Kung Fu, but, like, some self-defense or something, right? Like, they, they have to know some of that shit. But it seems like she knows none of it. She does not know how to defend herself whatsoever. And she's supposed to be amazing at what she does. And I'm like, you've never been in, like, a conflict before? Come on. Paul finds a sack, and he opens it, and inside is roadkill. Oh, I wonder what that was for. They head to the drain pool, and it's empty, and they figure out it's salty. Wowee! Who cares? And Paul says it used to be a fish hatchery before the army took over, so it probably drains into the river. Dumb asses. They find the skeleton of, like, a larger animal. They say it's probably a dog or something. And then they hear their car screeching away, and the doctor is half-dazed trying to drive and ends up crashing the fucking car. Maggie and Paul get the doctor out of the wreck, and they carry her off. The old man and his dog from earlier are on a dock, and the fishes attack the man, and we just see bloody water, some close-ups of fish, and, like, you know how in the original they sounded like turkeys? Well, now they sound like baby bats. 
in this moment. Later on, they sort of sound like eagles, but uh, it's just, it's weird. It's weird. I don't know why they're making these noises. Maggie and Paul decide to take the doctor to a nearby dam where a ranger should be, and they use some rickety raft that Paul built because he was reading his daughter... Um, like Huckleberry Finn or something. So he made this raft that doesn't have any nails in it, so it's just held together with, like, rope and shit. That's going to be a problem later. At some summer camp, we see a camp counselor talking to a young Mila Kunis and is trying to encourage her to do her solo swim. And then some other bitchy counselor comes over and says if she doesn't do her solo swim, she can't be on TV with the other kids. Yeah, way to encourage her, bitch. So she's basically replacing the uh, old guy, or like the older guy from the original one. I don't know if he was the counselor or like he was in charge of the summer camp, but he was a real asshole. So yeah, he's been replaced with eye candy, basically. On the raft, Maggie and Paul speculate who the woman is, and Paul tells her they won't make it to the dam before dark, so they'll have to camp out. They come across the old man's dock, and the dog is barking like crazy, they tie up to the dock, and it's covered in blood. They find uh, Jack, the old man, and he's dead. And the dog puts his head on him. So fucking adorable. And then they look down, and they see that his legs have been chewed off. Paul says he'll grab a shovel and bury him, because that's what he would have wanted. Is there not some sort of protocol when someone dies that, like, you don't just bury them? Like, don't you have to notify somebody? Like, some sort of authority to be like, hey, this guy is dead. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not an expert. But it just, it seems like there's things that you have to do. The kids at the summer camp are sitting around a fire telling scary stories. As they jump scare the kids, the doctor lady wakes up with Paul and Maggie. Wow. What a creative fucking cut we did here. And Paul just starts interrogating her very aggressively and then says that she's fucking crazy. And then the doctor, or mad scientist, I don't know what she is, starts rambling that they're going to kill her. They're going to kill everyone. And then the next day, they're rowing up the river, and they ask her who she is, and she says her name is Dr. Baines. Bane, eh? You merely adopted the fishes. I was born with them. And then she says they're carnivorous fish in the water. Piranha, to be exact. Paul doesn't believe her, but Maggie points out Jack's feet and the skeletons on the bottom of the pool. And then the dog starts barking at some water bubbling, and then he fucking jumps into the water, and the dog fucking dies. And they show, like, a little bit of the carcass. It's pretty fast, but I, ah, I fucking hate it. But, moving on. Paul pulls a fish head out of the water, and it's a huge piranha. Huge. It's huge. It's the biggest piranha you'll ever see. An old man and a kid are fishing in a canoe, and the man pulls up a net, and it's got a bunch of holes in it. Back at the summer camp, the bitchy counselor is flirting with the director of this, like, TV commercial that they're filming and gets mad when the kids deliver their line poorly. And then we go back with the dad and the kid, and the dad has his hand in the water, and he's attacked, and then the water just fills with blood. The fish here, at some points, look like they had fish, like, stuck to some glass and then just, like, dragged it along just because they move so perfectly, but there's also no movement other than them, like, moving back and forward. We'll get more into that a little bit later. As the dad is getting bit, he's screaming and tells his son to stay back, and this whole time, his arm is still in the water. I get he's being eaten by some bigger fish, but, like, just pull your arm out of the water. Just take that out of the equation, and I, I think it'll be okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Take your arm out of the water, the fish will stop biting your arm, and 
you probably won't end up killing your fucking kid. I'm just saying. But no, instead, he ends up tipping the canoe over, and they both go into the water, and this is where the fish sound like fucking eagles. So I don't know, maybe they're mutating or something, but they sound way more aggressive and more insane. The kid climbs on top of the canoe, and we see the water fill with blood. We go back with Maggie and Paul, and Maggie questions the doctor, and the doctor says she's uh, hired to breed fish for Operation Razortooth which would have been used to destroy enemy river systems. And I'm pretty sure that is exactly the same from the original, more or less. And then she says, after the Cold War ended, the funding was cut. Okay, but why didn't they just kill the fish? That makes no fucking sense. Like, oh, cut this funding, but what are we going to do with all these fishes? Oh, jeez. Guess we'll just have to have someone stay there and look after them forever. Like, what? Makes no sense. Then Paul suddenly realizes who's his daughter, who's played by Mila Kunas, is at camp, and they're pretty much in the water every day. Worst dad ever. It took him like three days to realize this. My God. Maggie asks how dangerous um, are they, like how dangerous are these fish, and she says they kill more people than sharks and they'll kill anything that moves. I don't think that's 100% accurate. I'm pretty sure the way we see Piranha portrayed in movies is slightly off i'm sure they're still an aggressive fish or whatever but anyways i digress maggie then gets pissed that she's being blamed for this but she points out she wasn't the one who drained the pool and she's not fucking wrong maggie and paul drained the fucking pool without asking any questions whatsoever they're just like yep we need to drain this thing and even when the alarm started going off they're just like oh yeah this is all right Ugh idiots they come across the kid on the canoe who keeps yelling his uh daddy daddy help me super annoying just the way he's saying it i it just pierced into my fucking skull and just annoyed the shit out of me and then the doctor jumps and swims to the canoe and pulls the kid off onto the raft this was so completely unnecessary the raft pretty much got there right as she did and he was still on the canoe. So, like, she sacrificed herself for nothing. Other than, I guess, she wanted to fucking kill herself. I have no idea. Paul asks her what can they do to stop them. But she dies before she can answer, of course. Because she's a fucking idiot. She died because she's an idiot. Then we see some douchey cowboy looking motherfucker. And he's the owner of this lake resort. And uh, that's what they're filming the commercial for. And as they pan out... He's surrounded by the kids, and as they go further, that flirty, bitchy counselor is in a bikini, and then the camera op operator starts complaining that the blonde bimbo with her tits out is in the shot, and then the director of the uh, commercial, and then the uncle of the missing girl, go and tell her to get out of the shot, and she agrees as long as her and the director can make a movie of their own later. Oh my. And the director promises, and she gets out of the way. This whole plot point definitely was not in the original. And rightfully so, because it is kind of stupid. Maggie and Paul go over what they know about the fish, and they say they're big, probably a foot long, and they have big teeth. And then the boat starts shaking, and we see the fish are chewing the rope. Ah, see? Didn't use any fucking nails, and now your raft is coming apart because of these fucking killer fish. Great. They decide to push the kid's dad off the side, and the fucking kid just keeps yelling, Daddy! Daddy! I'm so fucking annoyed by this kid. There's something in his voice when, he's, when he yells Daddy, which just sounds super fake 
Or, I don't know, maybe he just sucks at acting. Maybe I just hate his acting. That could be it. The piranha keep chewing away, and they start paddling to shore as the raft comes apart, and the fish start sticking their heads through the openings. Thankfully, not shitty 90s CGI, just rubber piranha. Beautiful. They reach shore and head for the dam. We see the dam operator getting ready to open the floodgates. They mentioned this earlier about keeping the water levels uh, the same, so they release water from the dam. We used to have a cottage on a lake that used to do this regularly, so they would flood the lake every once in a while. So this is actually uh, something plausible. Wowee. So they're trying to stop this so the fish don't get any further down the river. Paul reaches the man just in time and tells him not to open it. Later, the police have arrived, they take the boy away, and one of the officers says uh, one part of their story checks out, the fact that a Dr. Baines existed, but they never heard of anything called Project Razortooth. So I guess they called, like, the State Department or the military to, like, try to verify this. And they're like, oh yeah, there was a doctor, but we... <laughs> Razortooth? What are you talking about? Paul and Maggie say, well, of course the military is not going to admit it, and that what they really need to do is evacuate that fucking summer camp. The officer doesn't budge, and Maggie says to call the man that hired her, the uh, uncle dude, and Paul and Maggie meet with him, so we're in their office, but he says he can't afford to close his resort. And then after a while, the uncle just says, oh, I'm bored with this conversation. And then he says he knows who Paul is, and I guess Paul was very involved in protesting and whatnot and made some headlines. So this uncle dude thinks that, like, this is just a ploy to close the resort for, like, environmental reasons or something along those lines. Maggie says his niece is dead, but he says, no, she isn't. She's just hooked up or shacked up with that boy, and she'll be back in two weeks. And then he fires Maggie's and says not to expect any money, and Paul leads her out of the room, but the officer stops them and then basically tells the sheriff to hold them anyways, and he does. So they get held in a fucking jail cell. So again, this is where we kind of divert away from the original, because in the original, I think they were locked up because the military didn't want them spreading all this information around that there's, you know, still killer piranha in the river and whatnot. And then, more of a departure, we're out on the water, bitchy counselor and skeezy director are on a boat as he films her rowing, and then she starts on dressing and boobies. She says, how about a swim, Mr. Director? And they cozy up and she says she's a good girl and he confesses he can't swim. And he said swimming isn't what he had in mind. And she says, oh, too bad. Guess I'll just go by myself and says she doesn't give it up just like that. He has to earn it. So, but like, why were you getting naked? Like, what was your plan here? I, I just, I don't understand the plan. I just don't understand the plan. Then she swims to shore and says for him to have fun. So he just stands in the boat, completely oblivious as to how to row it. He's just like, oh, I don't know what to do. You just watched her and filmed her rowing the boat. Fucking rewind the tape. Watch it. That's how they do it in sports. The girl comes back and she is covered in blood as the fish attack her. And he just films for a while until he decides to try and grab her. And when he tries to pull her up, he just ends up with her fucking arm. I like that his first instinct is to just fucking film this. And then he's like, oh, okay, now I'll try to do something. But then like it's too late and he is completely mortified. I feel like he's caused himself lifelong trauma on his own. Like, you did this to yourself, buddy. If he had helped her sooner, he wouldn't have seen such a massacre and he wouldn't have been all fucked up. And he wouldn't have been such a big piece of shit. But here we are. 
The next day, Maggie is in her cell busting the drain on her sink, and then she turns the sink on saying she learned it from some movie, and then gets Paul to give her one of his socks. She takes it and loads it with pieces of a broken toilet lid, and then the guard comes in to investigate. He bends down to see what she's done and starts laughing, asking if she was trying to escape through the drain pipes, and then she hits him with the stuffed sock, and she thinks she's killed him at first, but he's alive, and she sees the keys are on his pants, but they're attached and she can't, like, unattach them, so she has to take all of his fucking pants off, and they escape. But, like, how dumb is this fucking cop? Oh, I'm just gonna go into this jail cell, turn my back on this person, and, ugh, stupid. They even, they do this in the original, too. It's the exact same thing. Like, it's just so dumb. So they get the keys off this pantsless dude now, and uh, they escape. The uncle dude uh, is at the resort giving an announcement um, at the resort as him and some busty bikini babe open the resort with a ribbon-cutting ceremony. So they got those big novelty scissors. Paul and Maggie realize the fish are headed towards the ocean, and if they reach it, they'll be completely unstoppable. At the resort or camp, I think this is the summer camp, the kids are doing their uh, water competition, and Mila Kunis hides under some canoes to avoid it because she doesn't want to be a part of it. And this is right from the original, too. She didn't want to be a part of this water competition because she was afraid of the water, so she does everything she can to get out of it. And then the fish start heading for the kids, and they build this up for quite a while. Mila hears screams, and then we see the fish are attacking the kids, and the counselor just looks on in horror, and then finally grabs a tube and starts swimming out to the kids to drag them back onto shore. One of the counselors walks one of the kids to the dock, goes back for another one, but he gets attacked and, like, fucking dies there not fucking one of them decided to grab a canoe or something to help out nope rubber tube and walking in the water that's what we decided to do as the nice counselor is trying to help the kids she falls into the water and she's dragged deep under mila aka uh, Susie, calls out to paul as he and maggie arrive and he paddles out in a real solid boat and starts helping the fucking kids out at the uncle's office, his assistant answers the phone and sarcastically replies, Oh yes, gotta watch out for those piranhas. And then tells the uncle, and the uncle looks nervous as he starts to realize it's probably not a joke, but he's still not taking it seriously. Like right in that moment, in that moment of fear, he could have fixed it, but he didn't. So he's just a big piece of shit. Uh, just a pile, steaming, hot, wet pile of shit. Paul leans down to his daughter and asks if she can handle this, and he and Maggie leave. Handle handle this? Handle all the injured kids and, like, fucking what? She's, like, eight. What are you expecting her to do? Is she going to patch all these kids up like it's fucking Vietnam? At the resort, things are in full swing. People are swimming, scuba diving, uh, water skiing. The uncle is telling uh, his assistant to make sure there's lots of booze available, blah, 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 and to keep an eye out for Paul or Maggie. The uncle then meets with the governor, and they show him to his VIP tent. So a lot of important figures are here for this opening. Three scuba divers are swimming along the bottom when one of them gets stuck, and we hear the eagle cry of the piranha, and we see blood start filling the water. In the uncle's office, he tells his assistant to turn all the phones off to stop this hoax. Oh yeah, this will turn out super great, you fucking dunce. One of the water skiers sees the scuba diver's body float to the surface, and he tells the women driving him to head to shore, and he starts screaming. The spotter on the boat tells the driver that she should stop, and she slows down, and the skier dude starts screaming for her to go, so they start going again. 
The piranhas start attacking the swimmers at the resort, and everyone panics. The water skier loses his balance, but he makes it to shore. Someone on a jet ski has a massive piranha attached to his leg. The two dumbasses in the boat crash into two dudes fishing boat and fuck their boat up and it explodes. Because why not? We see a bunch of people trying to get onto a pontoon boat and someone pulls the sheriff into the water and he gets fucked. Good for him because he was an asshole. He locked these two banging Pollock for no fucking reason. So yeah, I don't care that he died. I'm glad that he died. And then people finally start making it to shore. The uncle's assistant interrupts one of his phone calls and tells him the piranha are eating the guests. And that line right there is right out of the original as well. The original does focus on the resort opening a little bit, but this movie is more focused on the resort opening because there's not so much the uh, military aspect to it. And then we cut back to the carnage of the guests, and we get some decent gore effects. Nothing too crazy, but it is actually better than I expected it to be. Maggie and Paul hop into a boat. They plan on trapping the fish in a refinery uh, where they'll be in a bottleneck, and then they are just going to pollute the hell out of the water. Again, this plan right from the original movie. So they get to the refinery, and it's flooded, so all the controls and everything are underwater. The uncle dude goes outside, and he sees everyone running around, bleeding, and I think it's safe to say his resort is not going to recover from this, and in all likelihood, he's uh, looking at some jail time. Paul gets ready to get in the water and tells Maggie to count to 200, and whether he resurfaces or not to just drive off. And like he's got like some rope attached to him too, so when she drives off, he's going too. He dives down and finds the control room and starts turning some valve, and he's attacked by the piranha, but he still manages to continue turning the valve. Maggie makes it to 200, and she takes off, and Paul is right along with her attached to that rope, so he goes whipping away from the piranha. Maggie stops the boat, and she pulls on the rope, but it's been cut, and she starts to break down, and then we see Paul's bloody hand come out of the water. At the resort, we see military or National Guard personnel and ambulances. We see the director dude, and someone says they found him in a boat just floating along. So, yeah, this dude has, like, PTSD for sure. I don't think he's going to be going in the water or directing for quite some time. Ah, oh, man, imagine if this had happened to Harvey Weinstein, like, just how much... Uh, anyways, the uncle goes to his office, and he fires his assistant as he pulls out a gun, and the assistant leaves, and then the uncle stands at his desk, and he blows his brains out. So, I guess, no jail time then. Susie finds her dad getting loaded into an ambulance, and she asks how he is, and he's pretty nonchalant about it. In the original, like, the dude was, like terrified like he was in shock this one he's like yeah yeah whatever some reporters ask the governor questions and he says he'll launch a full-scale investigation and says most of the piranha have died off due to the pollution and everything will be okay and there's no danger they'll reach the ocean and then we see some kids running along a beach into the ocean and we hear the eagle cries of the piranha credits roll and some metal song about piranha starts playing which was actually pretty dope so after watching this, I looked at the trivia because I had an inkling about the piranha effects and the trivia confirmed it. All the kill shots, all the underwater kill shots and fish effects are all reused from the original 1978 piranha. So they even went so far as to design the new sets to look like the old sets so the effects would match a little bit better. So at first I was like, there's nothing wrong with this movie. It's perfectly fine. 
but after realizing how much of it is like a shot for shot remake and even a lot of the same dialogue as the original it's a pointless remake for the most part other than this one having william cat and more boobies like so no complaints here but overall, like, it's pretty pointless. So this kind of leads me to my poster expectations. Much like how I said the poster is simple, not very imaginative. Well, neither is this movie at the end of the day, because they just recycled much of the original. And I hate it when remakes do this. Cabin Fever did this. In 2016, they remade that movie. They literally took the same script, took out um, some of the homophobic references, which I will say... The homophobic references in Cabin Fever were one character, and that was, like, he was a shitty character. So it wasn't like the movie was, you know, saying, like, hey, this is a cool thing, this is a cool guy. Like, no, it was just his character was a piece of shit. Okay, like, okay, so they take that out. But then they took out... I don't even know how to explain it, because they use the same script. So you would think using the same script, you would end up with a very similar movie. They do not. Watch Cabin Fever, the original, and watch the 2016 remake... And just ask yourself, like, fucking why? And the same thing with Psycho, 1998. Shot for shot, fucking remake. Absolutely pointless. Fucking garbage. Now, there's some remakes that kind of do it right. I'm a big fan of the Hills Have Eyes remake. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm an even bigger fan of the original one. But the remake took elements from the original expanded upon them changed them a bit and that's what i like in my remakes i want them to change it i don't want it to be exactly the fucking same if you're going to do something that's exactly the same i'm just going to watch the original why would i watch your movie if you're not going to offer me anything new so if i want to watch a piranha movie i'll watch the original and if i want one with more boobies i'll watch the 2010 remake i don't need the, i don't need the 1995 remake i'll watch the 2010 remake so I'm going to give this a two stars on Letterboxd. It's a solid two stars. It's not great, but honestly, it's not that horrible. I've seen worse movies. I've certainly seen worse remakes. But, I, you know, I'll definitely uh, rewatch this again before I ever watch, like, the Psycho remake, as I said. But anyways, that's it for me. That was Piranha from 1995, kicking off Piranha December. As always, you can follow me on all of the social medias. That's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Slasher, all at Bucket of Chum Podcast. And remember, wherever you're listening to the show, please leave a rating or review. It really helps the show out. And if you want to support the podcast even more, go to patreon.com forward slash Bucket of Chum. And I will see you guys next time for an all new episode of Bucket of Chum. <laughs>
everybody, I'm Josh. And I'm Brett. If you're looking for a different horror podcast, one that stands out from the rest... Well, don't look here. <laughs> absolutely not. Every week we talk about our favorite horror movies and some of our favorite aspects of those horror movies. So that's something that interests you? Check us out. The only thing that sets us apart is that it's us. So if you like the sound of our voices... Check us out at the Evil Desk Podcast. Wherever it is that you find podcasts. In a world that has been completely divided for so long, two movie fans have decided to unite for the people and the betterment of mankind. One, an action movie buff. The other, a horror movie fanatic. Together, they will try to bridge the gap of both genres into one podcast with their battle cry. Give me back my action and horror movies. Listen along as Charlie and Nate alternate each week talking about action and horror movies they cherish, mostly from the VHS era. Also, including some modern examples that felt like the movies they grew up with by answering the battle cry. Give me back my action and horror movies. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Look them up on Facebook and Instagram.